0: There's a sense in nirvana, peace and zen, when I'm sitting painting these wee men. Halflands, undead, goblins, orcs, and evil demons with big forks. Frostgrave, Space Hulk, Man O' War, from Horus to the Cult of Moor. Battlemasters, Quest, the old aesthetics I like best. That 90s white dwarf goblin green, the brightest colours ever seen. This hobby of mine brings me such joy, it takes me back to being a boy. All grown up now, I've came back, like a second coat of chaos black. When I sit down upon the throne, I read through rules, and not my phone. Then beat the wife down to the door, my posties like a gaming store. I've spent more money than I've got, and I'd be dead if I got caught. There's so much lead for me to paint, but I've the patience of a saint. I'll sit here during my free time, I'll base and dry brush, wash and prime. And it took me almost one full day to write this list for 40k. It really is an awful shame that nobody wants to play a game. Still, that won't stop me raising arms, building castles, towns and farms. Let podcasts entertain my ears, crack open paints instead of beers. Cause I'm the king of this wee land. It's colour made by my own hand. So gather round the dining table, the battleground for our next fable, and listen to those D6 roll, unleash those arrows, charge that troll, the cares of real life melt away when pushing round a movement tray. But there's just one thing that makes me cry, and that's painting the pupil on Tanai. Hello and welcome to the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast, my name's Matthew and uh, that was just a wee poem I put together recently, I've, I've got the bug again, I've always liked doing uh, wee funny poems, not, not always funny poems but I've always liked dabbling in a bit of poetry, not necessarily very good at it but I like to, to try my hand now and then so just thought to myself the other day, let's, let's do a wee one about the hobby, so I hope you liked it. Um, I won't won't keep that as the intro to the podcast going forward because it might get a bit frustrating every time you hit play, like one of the shows that's got the, the very, very long theme tune that everyone just skips. But anyway, hope you liked it, a little ode to the hobby. I'll just mention too that of the other uh, poems that I do write, I often record them and stick them on another wee podcast feed, so if you're interested in that, you know, I'll stick a link to it in the show notes, so whatever app you're listening in, just tap the show notes and you'll find a link to that other show as well. Okay, we well have got a, a decent show by the looks of it, just looking at my notes here, uh, lots to get through, a wide variety of topics, so let's crack on. So in the last episode I was talking a bit about what was on the, the painting table, um, I've not made much progress on that front, things have been, you know, there's been a lot going on in my life and I've not had much opportunity to get the old paint brushes out, but as it stands, so I've still got the, I've still obviously got the miniatures that I mentioned last time, Grendel I think the guy's name is from other world miniatures, uh, I'm using him as a werewolf for Blood Moon, I've got another werewolf there the other wolves I, I think i attributed them to northstar before they're actually otherworld miniatures as well so i've got a i think it's five or six wolves that i need to paint on top of that when i was doing all that paint stripping of mold miniatures recently talked about that in a previous episode um i actually have quite a lot of nurgle based miniatures and i thought it'd be cool to, to do a wee sort of nurgle-esque warband so i've got um i've got plaguebearers here and what I wanted to do, I'm I'm struggling to come up with the colour scheme for them, because I used the Plague Bearer Green. I know that's kind of the default colour you would use for these miniatures, but I use it for my for my grass on the base of the miniatures, and I didn't really want it looking too similar to that. I wanted it to stand out a wee bit from the grass, um, and maybe opt for a kind of browny colour rather than a greeny colour on these guys. So, because I've got a few of them that are... Um, like, it's the old metal ones from the late 90s, early 2000s, I think they are, and they're not mono pose, but I've got a handful of them that are the same pose, and what I want to do with these guys is do a couple of test runs. So, I'll paint them all different colours, and I'll just see what one I like the best, basically. So, I'll do the old zenithal type approach for the basin, as I, as I always do. And then I'm going to use various contrast paints over the top of that and just see what comes out best. So it'll be like two of the new ones that I talked about getting. Garak Sur, I think it's called. Rattling Grime, I'll use that. Um, I might use another one of my greens just to see how that looks. And then maybe the Agros Dunes or something like that. Agros Dunes, I might use that as well. Um, but aye, I'll see how they turn out, I'll, I'll probably post some photos and get feedback as I mentioned before I'm colour blind, so you know maybe what uh, looks great to me might not look great to anyone else but then you know um, if it looks great to me maybe, maybe that's the, the most important thing of all but yeah it'll be a wee experiment just to see what colour I want to go with across the board in this warband I also have um, Nurglins and I, I managed to pick up some really cool it was like resin-based uh, fungus on Etsy. Uh, I think the company were called Rum and Resin, which is a great name. Um, I'll post a link in the show notes. So you could buy from them these really cool... This is like a tree trunk, and there's mushrooms exploding out of it, and I got another one as well. So I'm going to put them on the... I don't know, are these, are these 40 by 40 bases, the big square bases? I've put a bunch of Nurglins on it. And I've got this tree stump with the the mushrooms on it and there's like a nurgling poking out the top of it. So uh, that'll look really cool as well. You know, it's different for just having like a group of them on a a base and nothing else is happening. It just adds in another wee bit sort of scenic dimension to it as well. So rum and resin on Etsy, that was the company. Again, links in the show notes if you're interested in checking them out. Right, I thought it would um, be a good opportunity on this episode to answer some questions. Now, I wouldn't say I'm some sort of oracle where I've got loads of people coming to me for answers. You know, I I don't know very much at all. I'm just a layman in this hobby. But over um, some conversations that I've had with folks who I've met through the podcast and other folks in the hobby that I know... uh, there have been a few recurring questions, well three that I'm going to deal with in this episode that I've kind of been asked and I just wanted to touch on them on this episode as well and maybe, you know, get get your thoughts as well, you could always get in touch or chat about it in our Discord server as well. So the three questions that have come up again and again that I wanted to tackle, the first one was, um, what do you think are the best miniature companies out there? Uh, and this is obviously based on my own personal experience and companies that I've come across. I know that there are hundreds of companies out there. I can't claim to have come across them all. I can't certainly cl- claim to have bought from them all. So based on what I've used and what I've picked up, uh, the first one I'm going to go for, uh, and I've mentioned them a lot on the show before, Midland Miniatures. These were the very first guys that I discovered when I got back into the hobby. And I've probably bought more from them than i've bought from anyone else and most recently as you heard me mention on the show was the We junior townsfolk mob which i really enjoyed painting as well so i'm going to put midlam miniatures on that list i'm going to pick uh, six companies so midlam being first and by the way this is in no particular order as well these are just all companies that i, that I really enjoy the second one i'm going to go for is nightmare miniatures They're based out in Spain and they're really one of the best tributes to the old Hammer era that you're likely to find out there. So I've got warbands of beastmen, I've got goblins, I've got chaos warriors from them, I've got a greater demon as well. They just, uh, they look fantastic. I remember the first time I ever found that site and I was looking through it and I was just thinking this stuff looks amazing and uh, I've made a couple of big old orders over there as well. So Nightmare Miniatures, I have to add them to the list. The third one I'm going to go for is CP models and you get a variety of scales on CP models, so you could go down to like 6mm I think they do 10 and stuff like that but there's a lot of 28mm uh, stuff as well where they really excel, I think, if you are into kind of Necromunda-esque games where you're looking to build um, kind of sci-fi gangs or warbands, you know, playing Stargrave as well, I suppose, CP Models have got a lot of good um, miniatures that you could that you could do that sort of thing with. So I'm going to put them on the list. That's CP Models. The next one I'm going to go for is Die Hard Miniatures. Uh, two of the first miniatures I picked up from them were... Um, Really cool looking Chaos Space Marines and also in my my Rangers of Shadow Deep slash Frostgrave warband I've got uh, Courtney Lovecraft as well who I've mentioned a lot recently and uh, she came from Die Hard Miniatures as well. They're another really good old Hammer tribute company, you know, fantastic range on there and really nostalgic looking when when you browse through the stuff that you could pick up from them. Then something a little different, I'm going to go for Oathsworn miniatures. They're really unique, aren't they, Oathsworn, if you've come across them before. So just for context, if you haven't, they specialise in like anthropomorphic, if that's the word, animals. So you've got like, you know, rabbits, squirrels, moles, rats and stuff like that. But they're all, you know, knights or warriors or rogues or whatever. So they have a signature game, it's called Burrows and Badgers. And that's predominantly why these miniatures are created, so you could get the, the rules for that game and everything, or you could just use them in a miniature agnostic sense, so that's what I've done a lot of. I've not played Burrows and Badgers before, I don't doubt that it's a brilliant game, I've just, you know, very little time to, to play games, so I've, I've got like... A few games that I play, and I'm more about just collecting miniatures that I like that could fit into those gaming systems. So, yeah, the Oathsworn Range, absolutely brilliant looking stuff. Reminds me a lot of I used to read books when I was wee, Redwall Abbey books by Brian Jacks, and uh, that was all about you know mice warriors and stuff like that. And um, I'm really looking forward actually to, to getting those books for my daughter when she's a bit older and reading through them uh, with her. But, uh, yeah, Oathsworn Miniatures, absolutely fantastic company and definitely making my list here. So the sixth and final one I'm going to add to my list is Otherworld Miniatures, who I've mentioned already on this episode, I was talking about my werewolves and my wolves, that's where I picked them up from, and I've got a lot of my Rangers the Shadow Deep characters on there as well, so they've got a really, really cool sort of undead range, and especially I think if you're into the dungeon crawl type games, there's loads of characters and miniatures on there that, that are really, really apt for it as well, so... I've got a bit of a beef with their weird um, shipping cost uh, thing that I've mentioned before as well. It, from what I remember, it's a flat rate no matter where you are in the world. It seems a bit odd, you know. You could be one street away or one continent away and still pay the same. I think anyway. I'd need to go back and and check that, but I know it's a bit different from the other companies. So it's almost like, you know, other companies. You're um you're trying to fill up your basket to get to a certain amount, so you you reduce your postage cost. Whereas in other worlds you're trying to buy less because it will cost more, so it just seems a bit of a roundabout way of doing it. But um, so just to run through that again from top to bottom, remember this is in no particular order. Um, my favourite miniature companies: Midland Miniatures, Nightmare Miniatures, CP Models, Die Hard Miniatures, Oathsworn Miniatures, and Other World Miniatures. And I'll put links to all these companies in the episode show notes as well. And the next question that's come up a few times is, what's your opinion on 3D printing? I don't really have strong opinions on 3D printing, to be honest. Um, I know there are a whole host of uh, topics around it, from the IP issues to how it'll affect uh, miniature companies and stuff like that. To me, as a consumer, as as a painter and a gamer, I don't really care where the miniatures come from. Like, if the miniature looks good, if it's of a good standard... And it's being produced legitimately and legally, then I'm not I'm not really not fussed, you know how it was made. Um, I'm all about sort of the end product, but it's not something that I would personally get into doing. Certainly at the moment as well. I've heard, um, you know, about the space that you need to do it. I've I've heard that it's not an easy thing to do. You know, you need to spend a bit of time learning how to do it, and also it's it's you're dealing with some pretty hazardous materials as well. These materials, uh, you know, even after you've, you've printed your miniatures, you've created them, you still need to dispose of certain things as well. There's a whole load of rules and regulations about that. It's not like you could go and just pour stuff down the drain or down the toilet. So 3D printing to me, like... If I end up in the future, if the stuff that I buy has been 3D printed, I really don't care. Like I say, as long as it's been done legitimately, legally, and the, the, the stuff's of a good standard, and I've no doubt this stuff will just keep getting better and better as the years go on as well, then I'm not I'm not fussed. But again, I, I'm absolutely not an expert on this topic. I have heard a few good episodes on other shows that I enjoy that I've dove into this topic with a lot more... Um, a lot more knowledge than, I, than I'll ever have about it. So I'm going to put, again, I'm going to direct you to the show notes to link to a couple of episodes that I've heard in the last sort of year or so that I thought were really good deep dives into 3D printing. Uh, not just the ethics of it, but, you know, why you might want to get into it or why you might not want to get into it and the implications uh, that it'll have in the future for this hobby. Because there's no doubt about it. This, this is a huge thing that's going to probably change the face of the hobby in the future, certainly as it pertains to how the miniatures are made and who's actually making them as well. So a bit of a non-answer there almost, like what do you think of 3D printing? I don't know, I don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. Um, Let's just see how it pans out. But uh, it's something I I just wanted to touch on it anyway. If nothing else, I'm able to point to a couple of good uh, resources around it for you. Did you know that, just like every other podcast out there, this show has its very own Patreon? But this is no ordinary Patreon. It's actually the worst Patreon ever. That's right, there's no rewards, no extras, no bonus content, no early access, no shoutouts and no thank yous. I'll just take the money and quietly get on with making the show. Not that there's any money to take, because hardly anyone's pledging to the thing. Like I say, it's the worst Patreon ever. Find it at bedroombattlefields.com/worstpatreonever. That's all one word: worst Patreon ever. Now back to the show. Okay, third question for this episode. Final question I'm going to answer here. What's your opinion on historical wargaming, and is that something that you're interested in? And this is really funny because I'm extremely interested in history in general, and yet I've never been interested in historical wargaming. You know, I've just, uh, I've never been tempted to pick it up. And it's a funny one. Yeah, being so interested in history as I am. I know that, um, you know, if we look at historical wargaming, there's so many different times and genres and stuff like that. So you'll hear about folks who are really into their World War II stuff, maybe games like Bolt Action and that. I've no doubt that's a fantastic game. But I've just, I've never been tempted with it. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just that, I like fantasy and sci-fi so much that it it just, you know, if I was focused on anything, they would always come first. There's just never been any reason for me to to go down that route of the historical stuff. Um, I grew up with, you know, my granddad, he was in the Navy during the Second World War. My gran uh, lived in Glasgow during the time, you know, when they were getting hit by bombs a lot. And I grew up around stories around World War II, you know, a, a terrible period, but obviously also a, a very fascinating period. I know a lot about it. Not a lot. I know I know a decent amount about it. And, um, yeah, I've consumed a lot of content over the years about that time period and yet i have just never been tempted to, to access that side of the hobby. So, yeah, I don't know why that is. I think if I was to do any historical stuff, it would probably be more of the ancients. So I really do like the like if you look at the the Scottish and Celtic history, like the era of the Picts and Roman Britain and stuff like that. I guess you know if I had to, if I had to to go into that historical realm, that's probably what I would do. Maybe Romans in Britain, Picts, barbarians, stuff like that. But yeah, I think I think it's just my love for fantasy and sci-fi, which is a, a close second. That just you know, is so big that it just forces out any other kind of scope because you only have limited time, limited budget, and there's no point in getting in everything and not doing it very well. I'd rather get into fewer things and do them a bit better and a bit deeper. So I guess it's for that reason, not not because I think historical stuff is rubbish. Absolutely not. It's just it's down my pecking order, and I'm 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 picking my battles. I suppose I'm picking the things I like the best and just choosing to do them. Elsewhere in uh, in my old hobby life, so you know when when things are able to settle down a bit more, I'm I'm really looking forward to spending some time teaching my my middle nephew. He's seven years old. I'm I'm looking to to start teaching him how to paint miniatures because he's a really arty wee kid. He loves his drawing, loves his painting, and um, I think he'll really enjoy it. You know, he's me and me and his dad when we were wee we painted miniatures, and um, I I got a it was a big old bag of um, orcs and dwarves from em4miniatures.com, so you could get these for as little as 25 pence a miniature, so that they're, you know, they're not a world-class standard, but they're still they're still thoroughly decent wee miniatures. You know, the, the, the sort of thing that you'd maybe get in a board game or that, wee plastic miniatures, um, and you get, like, there's orcs with swords, dwarves with axes, dwarves with crossbows, and uh, dwarfs with spears, you get orc archers as well, so like I say, 25 pence for um, one of these, and they do really good bundle deals as well, so you could get massive big monopose units for, you know, really not very much money at all, so I thought uh, if I pick up a big bag of these, and I will probably undercoat them in advance, and then just get together with the wee boy and and uh, tentatively start painting some stuff with him and just see how he likes it. I think we'll use the contrast paints as well. And um yeah, I'm I'm hoping he'll enjoy it. I'm not gonna not gonna force him to do it. You know, if it turns out he doesn't enjoy it, I'll I'll leave it at that. But um I think he will. I think he will. He like I say he really likes his really likes his drawing and his art and stuff like that. But I just wish, like I was thinking about this, I wish there was like a good magazine. Uh, you know, because again, going back to when we were we you've got White Dwarf and I'm not going to get him a White Dwarf these days because I just, I'm not into the the Modern Games Workshop stuff at all and I think there's just so much more opportunity out there. I really wish there was some sort of magazine, even if it was made just for me, that was, you know, focused on the companies that I've just talked about there, the miniature companies that I've just talked about and then all the, the, ver- the wide variety of games, you know, we could have Frostgrave in there, we could have Kings of War in there, we could have all sorts of different games from different companies that wouldn't be tied to one company like Games Workshop. Um, so, aye, if if anyone out there, if any, <laughs> every episode I'm putting a call out for an eccentric millionaire. Um, if there is an eccentric millionaire out there, go and just create a create a really good monthly magazine, and uh, incorporate all the different miniature companies, all the different gaming systems in there. I would absolutely love that. And. Uh, to be able to pass it on to him as well, that might give him some inspiration as well, I know there is, there is that really good um, Hero Hammer fanzine, but that obviously is, again, I'm more the target audience for that, but again, that's that's tied into one particular niche, like the the, the Games Workshop, Old Hammer, Hero Hammer stuff, Um yeah, I'm just uh, looking for something that's completely agnostic, I suppose, but it's never going to happen, is it? Anyway, you could dream, you could dream, Um Speaking of the nephew as well, like Halloween's coming up, so he's wanting me to, the two of them, the two youngest boys, we're going to go out guising or trick-or-treating if you're in America. And I was thinking, could I use this as an opportunity? I've never done the cosplay thing or that, but imagine I just went fully out um, using it as an as opportunity to dress up as like a Warhammer character or that. I might build one of those. You know, you see like those really elaborate... Uh, Halloween costumes. Maybe I'll build some like full-on Snotland pump wagon around me. But then you know when you end up at somebody's door, you've got to explain it to them. Good way to meet uh, potential hobbyists, actually. Uh, so the kids are trying to tell their jokes and stuff like that. But I'm I'm speaking to the other parent, and I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a Snotland pump wagon, you know. Um, one thing leads to another. Before you know it, we're we're uh, organizing a game of Warhammer or something like that. So. Yeah, that, that could uh, that could be a weird tactic we could add to a, uh, how to find local gamers roundup that we did a while back, couldn't it? In the old Discord channel, which I, I always really enjoy and always try and tout when I'm recording one of these episodes, that's bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Discord. I've not contributed much to it recently just because of life and things like that, but I've really enjoyed just dipping in and and looking at the photos of uh, stuff that people have been painting, the terrain people have been working on, and you get, um, folks will post links to maybe battle reports they've done, games they've played and that as well, so it's always really good just to see folks getting on with stuff, doing some really cool things and posting good pictures, and there was a bit of chat on there recently about potentially getting a painting challenge on the go. I know some of my other favourite podcasts in the the hobby space do these sort of painting challenges. They're not really competitions. They're just an opportunity to uh, paint a wee model and and have a bit of a laugh together, show each other what you've been up to over the course of the month. So I need to give a shout out to the user Toronomon. I hope I'm saying that correctly. So they're suggesting uh, that the painting challenge could be something like paint the most old hammer style mini that you can. So it doesn't have to be an old model, but something that should look sort of late 80s, early 90s. That again harks back to the, the miniature companies that I mentioned earlier, you know, not not all of these miniatures were created back then, but a lot of them have that that sort of aesthetic. So I think that's a good low barrier to entry starting point because there's not, there's not very strict criteria there. We could all just grab something that we've got that we've been dying to paint that's maybe not fitted into our wider plans and just see what we could come up with. But I think in the spirit of the podcast as well, it's not just a case that you're going to paint the miniature. What you've got to do, you've got to give the miniature a very puerile name or maybe a pun-based name and a wee description as well. Tell us a bit about the character, what what their background is, what their struggles are, what their flaws are, I suppose, as well. That'd be really good to hear. And what I'm going to do in the Discord, I'm going to create a dedicated channel for that painting challenge and we'll get cracking with that during the month of October so at the time of recording now uh, we're just about to head into October 2022 so we'll run this wee painting challenge for the duration of that month and just see how we get on with it see how many folks want to get involved and it'll just be just be good fun I reckon yeah like everything else related to this show we won't be taking it very seriously So yeah, looking forward to see what you come up with. Have a look in your lead pile or your plastic pile. If you spot something that's kind of old school looking, grab it out um, and let's get a picture of it in its unpainted form and then we could follow through your progress until the end of the month, until it's basically Halloween and I'll be pulling on the old uh, Snotland pump wagon costume and it'll be a great end to the month. There was also a wee bit more on the Discord. Uh, If you remember on the last episode, I was doing that thing about the the Warhammer-themed cafe And I wondered about maybe getting some extra things to add to the menu, so uh, the community in there came up with some really good stuff, I reckon better than the, the stuff I was coming up with on the original episode. So, big thanks to Grant, he's suggesting an Athol Lauren sausage roll. I don't know if a Lauren sausage is purely a Scottish thing, I don't know if that'll translate to anywhere else in the world, but a Lauren sausage, a square sausage... Um, I've never seen it anywhere else in the world, although admittedly I'm not like the most well-traveled person, but an Athol Lauren sausage is a fantastic shout. He's also suggesting that you could sit down and eat that uh, washed down with a nice cup of goblin green tea. That's excellent. Uh, There seems to be a theme with me in Snotland pump wagons because I also uh, just recently thought of the Snotland pump wagon wheel. So the wagon wheel, I don't know if this is just purely a British... Uh, sweetie or Biscuit Famously um, coated in chocolate that isn't chocolate It's chocolate covered coating So it's a bit weird um, I, I don't imagine chocolate's that expensive To procure but Evidently when you're making the wagon wheel You opt for the uh, chocolate covered coating instead But I we could stick that on the menu The Snotland Pump Wagon Wheel Elsewhere Gibby says And there's just no Christmas dinner Without squigs and blankets That's a very very good shout There's another good one in there from Tim, tempura battered corns, I like that as well. And a couple of other ones I was thinking of lately, we could maybe have an alcohol licence at this cafe, so we could sit down to a nice cold one. And maybe we could have a special dietary menu as well, a kind of weight loss menu for those health conscious folks, we could call it the Vampire Calorie Counts menu, Vampire Calorie Counts, and I was thinking there, a nice calorie free meal that we could put on that menu. The Cheese ghosty. Any more Warhammer themed foodstuffs that you'd like to add to the menu, please just jump into the Discord server and uh, fire them in there. I could just keep going with this forever. In fact, I might just make this the entire topic of the podcast going forward. We're going to shut out all other hobby references, hobby content. We're just going to focus exclusively on this cafe and uh, it might be the, the least popular podcast in the entire space. Perhaps it is anyway, to be quite honest. Last thing on the Discord, I I stuck a a nice wee photo that I found in there as well, and it was um, just part of, you know, the events of the last few weeks, which I alluded to on the last episode, losing my wee brother, uh, very tragically, and we got a lot of pictures recently because there was a funeral, and I was looking through a lot of these old pictures, and I found this, this cracker from, I think it must have been Christmas Day, 1992, and me and my wee brother are are sitting on the floor in the living room on Christmas morning, and I am opening Battlemasters, I am unboxing, the the term literally wasn't invented in 1992, was it? Unboxing. But there I am with Battlemasters open, and I'm breaking out little miniatures from the sprues, and it looks like my brother, it looks like he's got a ring binder for Christmas. So, yeah, but he he looks pleased with it, I, I don't know the context, I can't remember what it must have been all about but he looks very happy with ringbinder and meanwhile I'm uh, cracking into battle masters so I obviously came out on top on that Christmas day back in 1992 might have been 93 I could have still got battle masters in 93 but let's go with 92 it sounds more impressive and as we move into the the month of October at the time of recording I know that you might be listening to this far into the future but me and the family were are heading off on a wee holiday in a couple of weeks we're going down to Nottinghamshire we're heading down that way not for any um miniature base reasons but you know we're, we're staying at the the centre parks down there um which is like a big sort of resort but I did say to my wife and this was months and months ago when this got booked I said you know that's um that's where like say Warhammer World and stuff like that is, and I said it, I'd I'd really enjoy you know if we could go and see it and you could see her kind of rolling her eyes, but I said no, that look at um look at Bugman's, it's a really cool looking pub. So she went on, uh she went on the old internet as you do, and uh, she looked up Bugman's and she said, I actually looks quite a nice pub, so we'll get we'll get some lunch there and I'll get a few beers as well. So I am genuinely looking forward to walking around it, because I, d- I don't know a lot about it, but from what I gather, it's kind of a big museum, big warhammer Games workshop museum, and uh, I'm sure there'll be loads of cool things to see, loads of old miniatures, dioramas and, and things like that, so going to go round Warhammer World and get a pint at Bugman's afterwards, so I I'm genuinely looking forward to that, and uh, I'll let you know how it goes on a future episode, I'll even try and take some pictures, I suppose, why not? So it looks like we're coming to the end of the show. Thanks very much for bearing with me. It's It's been quite a wide and varied conversation for just a man standing in a room talking to himself essentially. So, I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you uh, have got some food for thought over the various topics that we've covered. And I hope to chat more with you in the Discord that I continually peddle on this uh, show. You can find that at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Discord. Lots to get involved with in there. We've got the painting challenge for October. We've got the Warhammer themed cafe menu. We've got any Christmas Day photos from the early 90s of you cracking open some classic games. We want to see those as well, of course. And maybe uh, you try your hand at some poetry as well. You might be better at it than me, who knows? And I've obviously mentioned quite a lot of different uh, links and resources throughout the course of this episode. Like I've said before, I'm going to put them all in the episode show notes. So just tap your podcast app, uh, pull them up and you'll find links to everything that I've mentioned. From the the Best Miniature Companies Roundup that I, I talked through to some 3D printing resources... I talked about those em4 minis that you could get for 25 pence each and even mentioned the old poetry podcast as well so loads of stuff in there to keep you occupied because you know the, the internet is severely lacking in stuff to demand your attention isn't it you always get bored on there. Right then, I'm going to love you and leave you. I think you've had enough of me by now. I really do appreciate you spending some time with me though and I hope everything's going well for you. I hope you're getting cracked on with your projects and hope all is as well as can be in your life as well. Take care out there and I look forward to speaking to you on the next one.